And without any further ado, it's time for the Wish Box Part 3. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University for my super secret, confidential, only for me, keep out lab. In the science department, some people think these strange occurrences of this small, seemingly supernatural town has something to do with the work in my lab. <laughs> that is... Well, I have no comment on that. I do have a third and final part of our Wishbox trilogy. Lie back. Close your eyes. Relax and enjoy the Wish Box Part 3. Manny's Science Fair winning the Wish Box Project, one that granted wishes to anyone who stepped inside the box, had proven dangerous. As such, the box was locked up in my top secret lab on the campus of Splendid U. All involved believed it would be safe and secure, myself included. All of us were wrong. It seems some of my current test subjects, curiosity peaked, studied the wish box carefully. Stan the Squirrel, for instance, an art aficionado, admired Manny's colorful decorations. Ted the Turtle, one who enjoyed quiet time to himself, appreciated the tranquility of the boxes inside. Flo, the fly, liked that the box granted wishes. She's the one that figured it out. This is a neat box, Flo thought to herself. I wish my old friends could be here to see it. I miss them. Uh-oh. The wish box is, of course, in the business of granting wishes, and in this case that posed to be a bit of a problem. Flo's old friends were the thousands of insects that had escaped the lab years ago, forming a giant creature named the Bug Beast that wreaked havoc on the city. Now see, and this is where a lot of those rumors that I was talking about come from. You let loose one bug beast on the city, and all of a sudden you're responsible for all the town's problems. Flo, good to see you. We won't leave you behind this time, Flo heard. The triple-locked door to the super-secret lab swelled and exploded open, unable to hold against the weight of the monster. The bug beast burst forth out of the science building and onto the college campus, where it could really stretch its muscles. Insects from all over the campus joined together with the now twice-escaped concoction of Professor Theo's mystery lab. 
The bug beast grew taller, stronger than ever before. It towered over, looked down upon the tall trees and the multi-story buildings in its immediate vicinity. Not far behind, get this, was a 30-foot-tall version of Stan the Squirrel, three stories high. Turns out Stan, who, after observing all of this action, darted into the wish box and asked to be as big as that bug beast. That'd be so cool. His wish came true, too, and he sprang with squirrel-like velocity into the open air outside the McElroy Science Building, causing quite a bit of damage, as you can imagine a squirrel that size would cause. Not far behind the bug beast and Stan the massive squirrel was a now super-fast turtle, who, after observing all of this action, previous, plodded slowly back to the wish box and pleaded to be as fast as that squirrel. That would be so cool. His wish came true and he was off. Ted has never been found since, but occasionally students report a very quick-moving turtle bounding amongst the many trees on the quad. Conversely, the bug beast did not simply blend into its immediate surroundings. It stomped and squealed, flailed and flung, caused loads of damage, and an all-out panic to basically everyone within a mile. Stan, the super-colossal squirrel, had quickly bounded into the nearby woods. The damage was noticeable, but minimal compared to that of the bug beast's bad behavior. Now, bug beast is no easy thing to contain. We learned that the first time around. But if you've ever had to wrangle in a three-story tall creature made entirely of tens of thousands of bugs, you know that. Someone had the bright idea to lead the thing to a dump not far from campus. Many insects are attracted to trash, after all. Now, can you determine the problem with that plan? Well, sure, the dump would have been a great place for the bug beast, except there were already tens of thousands of bugs there, and they just joined the already enormous thing to make an even bigger bug beast. And then the bug beast headed back into the direction of town. Soon all downtown would feel the full force of the bug beast wrath. Now, I was on the scene by this time and I offered up some suggestions for things that repel bugs. Peppermint, for example, is a natural bug repellent. Fortunately, my experiments with my enlargement ray, which had been created specifically for turning regular candy canes into 20-foot-tall candy cane telephone poles, was quite helpful. They're not very fond of basil, either. It was here that the culinary arts program, the students here at Splendid, could help. Provisions procured, I manned an army with the help of town dentist Dr. Payne and local teachers Baron Brains and Miss Lyon. The latter, some of you may recall, can literally transform into a lion. That's pretty intimidating, huh? Miss Lyon led a large pack of students armed with basil launchers hastily equipped out of those t-shirt cannons used at basketball games. 
Dr. Payne and Baron Brains worked on smashing my giant candy canes and whittling them into three to four foot long peppermint swords, tons of them distributed to hundreds of volunteers culled from the community. I developed a trap that would contain the bug beast once and for all. It came in the form of a super strong force field that kid superhero Nick Newton developed, his biggest and best yet. Fear not, young ones, no flies, mosquitoes, beetles, fleas, ants, bees, caterpillars, centipedes, dragonflies, or others were harmed in this endeavor. I want to capture the bug beast, to study its ability to come together in supersized form and strength therein, to harness it, to use it for good. Nick and I hid in the woods, while a splendid force armed with basil launchers and peppermint weaponry fought that thing, pushed it back to the splendid forest where we laid in wait. The kid explorers helped us to find just the right place, not too deep, near the edge of the forest, but unseen. The bug beast bore close. Closer. It was here, and boom! Just like that, Nick had it in his grasp. Sure, a few bugs, a few hundred even, escaped, dissipated every which way, but we got most of them. In containment, they dispersed as Nick shrunk down his force field bubble creation ever so slightly, and all therein were returned safely to my lab for further study, far from the wish box this time. That box, Manny's wish-granting, science-fair-winning project, has since been moved to a bunker deep underneath my lab, far from any creature of any size, where it can cause no harm to anyone ever again. And there is no Wishbox Part 4, so maybe this time for real. We've heard the last of Manny's creation. I hope this is our last encounter with a bug beast as well. That's all for this week, listeners. Tune in next week for the tale of the Skylark and the Water Rat. And we have lots of other cool things on the horizon. The kids' superheroes will return soon, as will the kids' space force. We're long overdue for a kids' space force update. Middle school mimics. And Brad's rad super dad. Just around the corner. For real. But in the meantime, have a great week. Make it a fun, imaginative, creative, thoughtful, helpful, healthy, safe one. Be good to each other. Be wild and wonderful and weird. Believe in science. Build bridges. Tear down walls. Be helpers. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. 
Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might turn you into a tree or a shrub. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.